All right, welcome back. Topics worthy of discussion. Our sponsor again is Pizzaville. We have Dan Moulton, Anthony Fury, and Peter Tabbins in the studio. I, I want to stick with this fiscal update a, a little bit, and I just want to swing over to Anthony for a moment. I mean, there was a there's something in there for journalism. We were all a bit shocked, although there's a lot mm-hmm. of question marks. Does this mean we're always so careful? Are we being bought off? All these things. There's something in there too for journalists and news outlets can make themselves a charity and take donations. I'm trying to figure out how to make that work. right? <laughs> well, being able to make yourself a charity, mm-hmm. taking donations, at least mm-hmm. means you're only answerable to the people who give you, give you your the charity gifts, like you are answerable to your shareholders mm-hmm. or, or, or the family that owns you or what have you. If you are uh, just a large corporation, that's one thing. If you're getting government money, I'm, I'm less crazy about that because no matter how independent, arm's length, no strings attached these things are, there's always strings attached. And I've been writing mm-hmm. for several years that I do not want the government involved in the media whatsoever. We're in a very difficult period of change right now, and that's 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 challenging, and we're trying to learn to live with uh, different balance sheets. I think we just need to keep doing that and keep innovating. I, I, don't, I don't want this money at all. I don't want it near me. No, and it's not that much money, is it really? What is it? Yeah, uh, six hundred and fifty-five million. That goes along. That doesn't go very far. When well, you divide it up amongst the, 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 well, the I know. different companies, me and no, you and everybody. Else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when we pass the hat, it does divide. not go very far. Okay, it's social finance here, Dan. Mm. Have you figured out what that is? What, some, what is social finance? Yeah, some of us are wondering why this is going to uh, create billions of dollars in economic activity. Well, I think it certainly <laughs> represents a. A priority for a lot of Canadians who are focused on community organizations that, you know, are doing good in what, what the is place it, that they live. <laughs> what is it? What the is idea it? of social financing? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about providing opportunities uh, to... <laughs> what is it? <laughs> well, you know, I don't entirely know. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't entirely understand the no, concept No, but I think what, how what you said is probably right. Like, I imagine the press release on it is something about, like, you know, synergizing the new economy or what have you. And I think it's just Arlene probably going to buy a bunch of people off. Oh, oh come I, on. No, it's about chari- <laughs> it's about local organizations, about giving local charities funding uh, to support the development of, of new projects and communities. And I think that that's good work. That's what, All right, that's but what we know what that for. is. Well, we know what it is. You know, me. you give your friends something. There's a lot of possibility uh, there no, to get in trouble. It's really easy to say it like that. I mean, look, I think we're talking about charitable giving, and, and that's a priority of Canadians. That's a good thing. All right. I wouldn't dismiss it so readily. All right. Peter, when you look at this, uh, do you believe that the liberals have, you know, I kind of mentioned it before, that perhaps their polling showed that the prime minister's numbers go up if he's seen as taking a stance against the United States? On the other hand, one of the biggest things they had to do is do something about the investment opportunities in the United States. Do you think that's in play here a little bit? Well, I have no doubt that Anything that's produced now and, frankly, for the next 12 months is going to be completely politically oriented. And if, if the prime minister judges that he will benefit from looking like he's taking on Donald Trump, he'll do that. And if he doesn't think he's going to benefit from looking like he's taking on Donald Trump, he won't do that. Uh, but mm-hmm. as to the details of what they brought forward, I haven't done an analysis. I haven't read anything uh, to give me an insight on that. 
All right, let's switch over to what has happened um, today. There was a story in the Toronto Star about Dean French. It was about first day of the legalization of cannabis. And I, I'm going to stick with you, Peter, just for a minute as we start this. And the story was that there was a directive from the chief of staff to start arresting the outlaw cannabis producers on that first day. Of course, many of us were watching um, what's happening in the United States. The rule of law comes up a lot. Um, what kind of a precedent and how important do you think this is? The story, we don't know all the details. It is still uh, developing, but just the way it's been laid out so far. Well, I think it's a very important story. I, the police, by on their on their own, are going to be enforcing the law. And in fact, in my community, we've had discussions about cannabis stores operating illegally, and the police have been very clear about their intention to use what's in the law to shut them down. Uh, that's fair enough. And I, I mm-hmm. think... We understand the rule of law, the idea that there's a framework of laws, the police operate within it. But when you get a situation where the chief of staff, the, the head guy reporting to the premier, is going out and telling police forces to do something so that they're going to get media coverage in a particular way, then you're getting into really dangerous territory. I don't think anyone wants the police directed by the premier of a province, and it doesn't matter what side you're on, um, I don't want, if we had an NDP premier, I wouldn't want that premier directing the police. I want the police to be operating within the framework of law, not being driven by political considerations. So this is very dangerous. And when the premier was mm-hmm. asked about this in question period this morning, he went all over the landscape. He would not answer this question, which says to me, without a doubt, that those orders were given for those purposes, for media purposes, for uh giving people mm-hmm. in Ontario sense that this guy was cracking down. That is an abuse of, pl- of power, just simply an abuse of power and a dangerous one that people across the political spectrum should be opposing. All right, let's get the other panelists. Anthony, what do you say? Earlier I was talking to somebody about this and they said, you know, when people first come into power, I mean, you know, feel free to poke holes in this. When they first come into power, it takes them a while to get up to speed. Is this just feeling their oats here? I'm not sure. I mean, a political staffer is welcome to call up any government department, any Mm -hmm. police force, whatever, and say, hey, it would be cool if you did this, just like any of us really can. And it's incumbent upon that police chief to say, okay, that's not how this works. So Mm -hmm. I hope it wasn't a direct, you know, to Peter's point, giving them instructions. I think the bigger picture on this, as as we hear more about Dean French, who I don't know at all, I haven't haven't met him before, is the suggestion, and I'm not sure if there's reasoning behind these stories as well, that Doug Ford is not the one fully in charge. And I think why why the Doug Ford brand works, why he won the leadership, why he won his premier... And why he's been seen to have a a pretty stellar few months, I would say, is because he looks like he is a a driving force of action who's really in charge of everything that's going on. If it looks like he's not, if there's some other guy pulling the strings, if it undermines Doug Ford's authority, that's bad for Ford. So you think that's worse than the perception that the rule of law may have been trampled on here? That's worse? uh, They're two different things. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. for Ford to, to succeed as premier, I think he's not... I don't think Dean French is going to be around for all that long if we keep hearing these stories for that reason, for the fact that this undermines Ford. All right, Dan, how are you looking at this story? Yeah, I think that uh, I, I'm not going to 
exaggerate this and suggest that there's some sort of constitutional crisis underway. Um, but it is a it is a dangerous area to wade into as a political staff member. And I think that really the danger is that the repu- re- repercussions when political operatives interfere in the day-to-day operations of police, the repercussions fall back on the politicians and the, and the political staff, as opposed to being the, you know, a political administration of justice. And, you know, the Rob Ferguson's reporting today from the Toronto Star, very, very good reporting, uh, you know, quoted uh, the, the Ipperwall. Uh, scandal and and how that fell back on the provincial government and they held responsibility for that, uh, which led to being not only a, a tragedy but a political disaster for the government. And I think that's really as a political staffer where you, you when you start directing the police around, you really end up wearing uh, the consequences. All right, Peter, I'm, I'm going to give this to you before we go to break. Is is there a watch on now? I mean, you know, well, the tones people- create create feelings. Is there a watch on? Some kind of, I think even Tanya Granick Allen used the word authoritarian there. Well, I would say authoritarian is a fairly, Gender fairly accurate debate, description though. of what's going on. You know, it isn't just this thing with with the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interfering, apparently, with Ontario power generation for a revenge firing of Alikan Velshi at a risk to ratepayers, people who are paying their hydro bills of a half million bucks. And when you see this kind of decision-making that has nothing to do with looking after people in this province, but looking after ego or political interests, you're starting to get into some very dangerous waters. Dan's right. It's not a constitutional issue, but it is an issue of, do you actually have rule by laws that everyone agrees to, or do you have individuals throwing around their power so they're looking after themselves? That's dangerous for us. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we return, let's talk about St. Michael's and the latest, and this is Global News Radio 640 Toronto.